Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Building Sustainability Podcast. My name is Jeffrey Hart and every fortnight join me as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers. Together we can explore the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. So this is part two of my chat with Vanessa Champion. It's a bit more materials focused, example projects, sustainability, interior landscapers. Is it a trend? Uh, We also talk about the Journal for Biophilic Design, which is excellent. There's a link in the show notes, of course. That's all for me. Get straight into it. I'll be back at the end. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One of the things I wanted to ask you, and this is a very, you know, uh, this is me satisfying my own... um, sort of work uh feelings but um i think at biophilia we talk a lot about greenery and about plants and about leaves um and you know the trees um it was good to hear you mention uh clay and you know earth um because i wondered a lot of my work is around clay plasters or earthen floors and you know I, less about the greenery more about the brownery is what i'm uh, what i'm kind of interested in and um and so yeah interested to know if there's sort of much research in terms of uh you know clay and earth in terms of benefits um because i could you know i could bore everyone senseless with how physically you know earth say an earth plaster is physically um incredible for your health um, so I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to say it's incredible for your mind as well. <laughs> well, yes, it, it's definitely incredible for your mind. Um, it's interesting. I actually don't know of much research that's been done. Um, and when you asked me that question, I'm thinking there was something I read and I can't remember where it was. And it was something to do with, um, people had looked at, um, 
I think it was like I think it was actually in Africa where they was using kind of um, local clay, local materials, and the difference it made to like people studying and and things. But I can't remember. I, um, I'm sure it was in Africa and not in South America. I need to look that one up um, actually. But that's a really good question. Um, but I'm I'm definitely with you on the whole. You know, biofit design isn't just about greenery. Isn't just about plants and leaves and trees. Um, and, and flowers and all these sort of things. It's it's actually about the natural materials. Um, it's funny actually because people do talk about wood building, so people are kind of moving away from just talking about plants and greenery, but actually talking now about wood, wood tables, wood materials, wood wood construction, wood 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 wood. Um, but not a lot of people are talking about earth um, uh, and about clay and clay finishes. Um, I know, do you know, um, do you know Bjorn Bayer? Um, he's, uh, I know Sven Bayer, who's I, the potter, the ceramicist. Familiar. Yeah, and I know he does um, cob buildings. And I've, I've, I've sort of was exposed to cob building concept um, through, through Sven and his son. And um, I, 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 um, I, when I, when I found out how, how simple it is, and how eco friendly it is, and how because and for you know we we know that rounded shapes are good for us. We know that from an environmental psychology point of view. There's loads of research to show that you know unstraight lines are good for us. We know that curves are good for our brains. We know that you know even if we just go back to the bi, you know biophilic thing is this sort of um, this thing called uh, sort of mystery where we create these lines that kind of move and and sort of. Um, undulate but take us around a corner where we can't really see um if you think about nature nothing's nothing's got straight lines nothing's straight everything's wonky um and so we know from an environmental psychologist there's lots of research actually if you go to the spacedoctors.com um there's an eye journal on there and you can actually search for research um on there for um um curves if you just put curves in so there'll be loads that comes up for that and i think there's stuff on there about earth buildings um i do need to look up um I actually run that with Dr. Sally Augustine, who's one of the leading environmental psychologists. And um, yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, I need to I need to look that up. I was also going to say about mushrooms and things like that, where I went to the um, workplace event a few months ago in London at the Business Design Centre. And upstairs, there was the design, the research design people, and they had these mycelium panels and oh my god, Jeffrey! They they were like I t- as as you touch them, they were like velvet, and I, that I, that for me fascinates me. It's like I said, they're these marvelous acoustic panels, and they were using it for like all different things as well, you know, kind of vessels and and things. But I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is for a tactile kind of soft um, finish. That's, that's, they're fantastic. They're using mushrooms, so the mycelium kind of thing. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely advocate um more than just plants and greenery and clay and earth. So yeah, I'd love to chat more about that sometime, mm-hmm. actually. Maybe on maybe on our podcast, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the return leg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um yes, I think the the mushroom mycelium is it's such an exciting thing. And I feel like I've been saying that for a few years and nothing's quite doesn't it hasn't quite ramped up the way i um i hoped it would but um it seems to me like they could be could be an absolute wonder material both in terms of of sort of carbon um but also in terms of you know the sensory benefits 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do wonder, you know, it's like with hempcrete and um, sort of alternative concrete. It's like, it's like, oh, hemp, oh, it's made out of that hippie stuff. And oh, mushrooms, oh, it's made out of that hippie stuff. It's like, you know, it's, it's like changing mindsets again, isn't it? It's, there's like a, it's amazing even when you, you know, we've, it's been so hard to kind of convince people that we need plants in the workplace. And there's still like old school businesses that's like, no, I don't want that in here because that's like fluffy. It's like, and that, do you know what I mean? It's like, this is, it's sort of uh which is it's like changing, it is, it's changing mindsets, isn't it? It's changing and, and encouraging people to access and experience and then, and then there'll be a change. But um, yeah, I think the more, the more they're exposed to it and the more it's in, and I think that's another reason why it's really important to get um, things like these sort of mushrooms or hempcrete or the other alternatives. And the, like you say, the brownery, you know, clay building materials to get them actually into mainstream um, events like the construction week and all this sort of stuff, you know, these, these construction things, because there's otherwise you end up, we all end up talking in silos again. So yeah, we need to, we need to get more of the eco side of things in these like mainstream spaces. Um, yeah, I was media partner for a, a workplace event in the NEC and uh, alongside it was also the health and safety um, kind of thing. I mean, it was all like, you know, I mean, like, I've, you know, what am I doing here? I'm so different, but Obviously, I was talking about biophilic design, biophilic design of the built environment, construction, yada, yada. And these people, and I've just, all I've got are pictures of trees behind me. That's it. Like I've got the Journal of Biophilic Design, pictures of trees, and people don't even know what it is. It's like, what's this? I've got like a facts and figures thing, a pop-up banner next to me that's got like, oh, you know, if we have plants in, in the built environment, we know that it reduces, you know, antisocial behavior by 80%. Oh, okay, then they get that. Um, but um the, the amount the people who came there and I, I won't mention any names but these were like humongous construction companies and really big um you know mainstream um purveyors of uh, pollution <laughs> as well um and they were like well what's this then what's this what is this and um you know and it's because you 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 end up you're in random places that you that people go oh okay so because you're here you must be in our in our tribe so therefore I'll kind of listen so I think you know I know that's not your question but it's also I think that there's a there's a case to making sure that there's representation of us us <laughs> um, in these places where people are not expecting us to be um, and being presented in a way that it's like oh okay this is cool yeah I get this because um, then that's probably the only way. It's like um, with with our conference that we're going to have. It's like, who do I invite? And you've got to make sure you invite your enemy as well, haven't you? <laughs> so, so they're in the room. Mm-hmm. We can all have this Very conversation. Much so. so we were talking, we sort of moved on quite nicely onto the workplace. Um, and I I wanted to ask you, there was a, a thing, uh, one of the Zoom regeneratives with uh, Martin Brown a few years ago, the uh, the sort of topic was is biophilic design the special source for um, for sort of solving climate um, crisis, and I thought it was an interesting proposition because I think you said that sort of biophilic design of plants could increase productivity by by fifty percent um, or double it. I I forget the stat. I'm terribly sorry, but. Um, I I wondered, you know, what if the baddies use it? What if the the big oil companies start 
putting biophilic design all around their their offices will they will they get better at destroying the world uh <laughs> or is it that that you know by being surrounded by plants that they might have a, a conscience and you know and actually sort of appreciate what's around them yeah that's really it's a really good question a really really good question um we know that um, people being surrounded by nature and plants um, are more empathetic. Um, they tend to then act a little bit more ethically. Um, like you say, it kind of sparks the conscience. Um, being surrounded by by the beauty of nature and that flourishing again um, does have a positive impact. Yes, I kind of, I see what you mean about the whole, yeah, imagine if they've got surrounded by all this beauty and then they're just more productive <laughs> and they're, they're, they're kind of like more. But I, I think, yeah, I think, it, again, it's the joined up effect though, isn't it? It's the joined up, you know, um, messaging that the people who work there are exposed to the damage they cause. And when that's combined with the beauty of nature that's around them, if they visually see, you know, like the oil spill or, the destruction of the trees and all this kind of stuff on one time. And then they go back to the office and they're seeing all this beauty around them and they're thinking, well, hang on a minute. That has to, that has to have an impact on people. I mean, the people that do these things anyway, I mean, I, I think their brains are just wired differently because they just can't have, they can't have the empathy um, that, um, or they, the ethic. I don't know what, I don't know. I really don't know actually. Um, you know, it's also I've had conversations with um, I had a conversation with one particular person who works for one of the old companies, and they they honestly, genuinely believed that they were um, trying to mitigate the destruction that they'd caused um, or they were doing. Um, and they 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 actually, but you, but this is what again, it's um, it's tough, isn't it? It's a really tough one, um, and it's it's hard not to uh, feel emotional when we're talking about it um to be honest so yeah um and there's another company that i'm i'm speaking to who are also again i can't mention what it is but it's in an industry that is quite contentious and their offices are amazing and beautiful and um and yet they still continue operating in the way that they do that's destructive to people there so yeah, it's a it's a hard one actually, um, but I suppose we can you know one thing that we can take I suppose that if the staff that work in there have to work there because I can't find any other job although I would probably argue that you probably can find another job you have a choice where you work but at least they're because obviously they're they're often um, tasked with impossible KPIs and all that sort of stuff at least they'll they they won't be destroying them. <laughs> be destroying their staff as well as the planet mm -hmm. but yeah it's um that's a really good question jeffrey um and one that um that deserves a bit more philosopher philosophizing around it but um yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go away and think about that one and, and actually spark some debates it's a really good question thank you <laughs> oh well great um i mean i suppose it sort of leads on to thinking about how how biophilic design sort of beyond just just inspiring people uh, is there a direct crossover in sort of fighting climate change or um kind of making more resilient cities places do the do the two go hand in hand yes most definitely 
the uh i mean yeah definitely resilient and also regenerative cities so you know places that create regeneration it's not just about i mean and we can't talk about sustainability anymore i don't think we have to talk about regenerative um building solutions you know that we leave a place better than when we left it that we we plant more trees that we create spaces that um are actually going to support us so there's a there's a whole thing about like when we green a city do we create sink cities so that's like these places for creating runoff you know planting trees and um these um kind of areas alongside uh sidewalks uh sort of pavements which have there's like a dip but there's all planting in there that when there's a flood or when there's like excess rain which is what we're experiencing as, as a result of climate change that there's somewhere for it to go that it doesn't just cause flooding in the city or it just runs off into the poor communities which is what's often happened because they you know they're often built on and the, the house pricing and the rent and everything else that tends to be cheaper because there's a reason for it um but these 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 creating these um like bat boxes and all this kind of thing where we create more life in the city um there's definitely um a move towards that amongst designers um and um and also you know the consult biophilic design consultants where they're talking about creating you know or how do we how do we create this like like a new build like these new build housing estates which we could talk about you know we could have a whole whole debate about housing estates and how they're built but um you know they they do have sustainability managers and and sort of things and they they are trying their best um with the again it comes down to the bean counters but how much are we going to get out of this real estate but we also know through the economics of biophilic design that real estate value goes up and they can sell the houses houses quicker and they can sell the properties quicker if there's greenery around them so there's a economic argument but obviously if we're creating spaces where there's um properly thought out um um spaces for uh you know with ponds and so you've got proper a sort of biodive you know you're encouraging biodiversity you're creating you know pollinating plant areas you're encouraging children to understand it. Um, there's so many things you can do, you know. So there's more of that happening, definitely. Um, and there's people like Green Gage um, that are advising people, um, like like large companies like British Land, and they're they're really successful in creating roof gardens now, um, where there's um, obviously you know pollination and and stuff on the roof and plants and also places for people to go and enjoy it as well which again adds to that what you're saying about the sort of question about does that encourage more sustainable behavior it really does so because people get to enjoy it and they're not there's not a disconnect um we all we all feel part of it and, and it encourages more conversations as well doesn't it where people go oh yeah great and then you know a lot of these places as well they have someone come and speak um and talk about you know how to beekeep or you know why it's important or you know the plants and all that sort of stuff so yeah there's there's a lot more stuff that's going on and I'm I'm really I'm taking heart I mean when I first started this there was hardly anything really um and just over the last I'd say over the last two years particularly that the whole conversation about biophilic design is also shifting towards the sustainability I mean I'm talking I mean it's always been there but I'm just saying about more and more people are understanding that it's also a sustainable you know, solution to to meet sustainable building targets. Um, it's like the green building challenge and all these things, you know, which um, which all sort of tied in with biophilia and the groups like Living Futures Europe, like you mentioned, and Martin Brown and um, uh, yeah. 
So I think the yeah, I think the more we the more we do, the more we talk, the more we chat, um, and the more we celebrate as well, the more we see visuals of these great examples of biophilic design in the built environment, the more people will go, well, they're doing it. We need to do it. I like that solution. I'm going to do it. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely, um, I think I did a podcast actually with Chris Packham. Oh, wow. And he was, he was kind of saying, well, why isn't every new build, and, and I'm so like, I'm so with him on it, but why isn't every new build, we could do it so much better. Why doesn't every new build have like bat boxes and, and sort of bird, bird bricks and, and, you know, bee nests and stuff, you know, you can do these things. You really can. Um, and it's just, I mean, ultimately, what is it? It's a, it's a molded, it's a molded brick. And, you know, what's it going to put like another 20 quid on the price of a property? I mean, ultimately that's all it is, is materials, isn't it? And, and just time, what, hundred pounds per brick. But ultimately, it's going to make a massive example, you know. Anyway, I don't know. So I'm just I'm trying to analyze how much it's going to cost them. But <laughs> you know, if you got if it's done at scale, then it's not going to cost that much. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, there has to be that want, doesn't there? Yeah, it does, and it comes down to it comes down to the consumer. It comes down to the consumer demanding, you know, something different. Uh, but also, people don't understand that they have a choice as well. They don't they don't know what they need until they need it until they until they know what it is. If you know what I mean. Um, which is why it's important to share the love, like stuff like you're doing here is really important. The podcast you're doing is so important because the more people understand and learn and get inspired by, the more they'll have more conversations elsewhere. And then that will have a knock on effect down the supermarket and everywhere else that they might go. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's important to keep making sure that we're all at the table, where everybody is at the table um, to talk and discuss um, and to plan and, and to design better. Really, Brilliant. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had any uh, really great uh, project examples that people could go and, um, you know, maybe have a look at or uh, that you could, yeah, maybe just sort of discuss things that were, were sort of exciting in the in the biophilic design world. Yeah, well, um, one of them um, was actually done in a workplace. It's uh, by a company in New Zealand called Outside In and it does what it says on the tin. It brings the outside in. They're a landscape company. Um, they won the Biophilic Design Awards in 2022. It's how come I knew about it actually, because I was a judge on the on the on the awards. But um, I featured it in the workplace um, issue. Basically, it was a law company, and the owner of the legal company in, in New Zealand, she, she took herself off in took herself off into into New Zealand. She was walking. She was in the countryside. It was like you know amazing landscapes. So anyone's been to New Zealand, you know all the rocks and the the air and the the wildness and the planting and the earth. And she came back to her office after she'd sort of done her like um, trek trekking, and she thought, "Well, hang on, this is horrible." Like you know, the office is awful. Um, and so she had the you know the foresight to think, how can we create that what I've just felt in here. So she reached out to a couple of designers and the one that won the contract then appointed outside in to be the landscaper, the interior landscaper. And you have to look at it. So again, I did, I did actually did a podcast with him. So you can go to the Journal of Design podcast page and look at, or just Google outside in. Um, but they created this. Um, all I can say is it's a landscaped office there's the curving lines. All the planting is against the windows. Um, obviously, because no plant would survive if it's in 
you know, if it's in the darkness. And again, that's also why I think, why the hell do we put people in, in, in you know, actually inside and interiors in buildings? Whereas we think, oh no, the plants don't flourish, but people are okay. <laughs> so, um, but this this whole landscape area, there's beautiful trees, there's, um, so which, which are, because it's against the window, if you imagine this building, there's like a big hole in the centre where the glass goes it's a bit like a donut it's like a square donut if you want so there's light going all the way through the center so there's lots of internal there's lots of walls that have got bringing lots of natural light but the plants of course then um as the light comes in will create this dappled shade which is what we talk about this non non-rhythmic sensory stimuli in in bifolic design which is this natural stuff where the sort of dappled diffusion of light comes through and you've got this non the non-rhythmic movement so there's sort of the randomization of, of leaves as well. Um, but it's, it's beautifully done and, and you've get the benefit as well of the smell of the earth. We know that the that earth of plants cleans air. And that's, I, I didn't even mention that. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, that's like a major, major thing. But the, the purification of air with plants in a space um, is so, 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 so important. And that helps our cognitive function as well. It helps our brains gets oxygen down us obviously we're breathing carbon dioxide out um and even with the best hvac system it still leaves but that's why we're tired when we're in a workplace at the end of the day we're like (laughs) you know we're like super tired um because the air quality is rubbish so we need more plants in the office to improve the air quality let alone acting as natural um acoustic barriers if we can if we can put it in the right places but um this outside in is, is beautiful. It's really, really worth looking at. There's lots of natural wood in the space. Um, there's like little zones. And it's and what I really love about it, and, and again, this is you asked me earlier on, and I I think I answered properly, but um you asked about something that isn't done a lot, you know, one of these kind of un, unusual kind of um, patterns of bifotine. It's about undulation, it's about this kind of um the sort of appropriation with um pro- I've forgotten to say the appropriation. I've forgotten the word. The um, anyway, but it's it's about the how <laughs> it's about how landscape or the the space moves up and down. So if you think about when you go out in nature, unless you're on an asphalt pathway which is all completely flat, it's not flat. So you have to step over you know st- stones and do you know what I mean? You you're and you go up and down slightly. The land isn't completely flat. So it's about replicating that in the workplace, and they've done exactly that in this space as well. So um again through zoning and the um the actual landscaping of the interior spaces of the plants um at different heights and things it's it's really it's just like the it's like it's a fantastic um fantastic uh um example it sounds fantastic um i think the the thing that's really jumped out at me there is is that i've never heard the title interior landscaper before and I mean, it seems so obvious yeah. uh, now you've said it. That's exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's uh, these, and I think that's also a trend. Like, so the p- traditional plant companies, um, while some of them still just put pot plants in, and it's just like, I'm just putting some pot plants in, and we're going to manage that for you. There's a whole trend um, which is very welcome, where people are thinking differently. They're um, they, you know, they're hanging baskets and hanging plants down stairwells. There's such a trend for living walls as well. Um, Daniel Bell is a great example to look at. Um, he uses recycled clothing um, in his uh, living walls and he doesn't use soil. So the plants themselves 
actually start, you know, drilling their little feet into the um, fabric of these recycled felt. And he just literally staples it in. Um, I go and did a podcast with him over Zoom, actually. And he's just, he goes, hang on a minute, I'm just going to show you how I do it. And he literally just stapled these these plants in. And it's so low tech, but he's done amazing. He's done it all around London, in like, you know, Kings Road, everywhere. Um, but it's, um, yeah, they're phenomenal. And, and what he does as well, because he's such an artist, he's such a, you know, he's, he's, his spirit is so like connected to the earth and he's pushing boundaries all the time. So he puts even like trees, like mini trees in these living walls. It's so out there, um, but so beautiful and so sustainable. And they all th- thrive and, and you know, they all live. So, you know, the plants are really like successful. Um, different textures, juniper. So the different smells, different like so baby's tears, and that kind of thing. So different leaf shapes and um, colours and smells and flowers. And it's it's beautiful. It's so flamboyant. It's, it doesn't have to just be green. It doesn't have to be just one type of plant. Um, it can be so much better. So, um, but yeah. So just sorry, going back again. I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but the um, the whole interior landscaping kind of concept is really is really coming into its own right now. I think. Um, I do just want to mention one more example, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Jeffrey. Um, and. That's the uh, Ku Tech Pratt Hospital in Singapore. That's K-H-O-O-T-E-C-K and then P-U-A-T Hospital in Singapore. If people haven't seen it, as an example of like how we should be designing bi- uh, biophilic designed hospitals, it's definitely one to look at. Um, we have featured it actually in the healthcare issue of the Journal of Biophilic Design. It's issue uh, three. Um, but, oh my word, um, there's lots of visuals in there actually, but the there's the walkways have got planting. It's like walking through a jungle, but like a controlled jungle, so it feels safe. There's a bit of a, you know what we'd call sort of mystery and risk and peril, if you want, um, in in biophilic design. But you're you're like um, encased and and there's like um, beautiful trees like the uh, maples, which obviously change in the different seasons. There's windows that look out onto nature in the wards themselves. So they've created like these little ashtrays, if you want, that sit on the outside of the building. So people inside the wards have a view of leaves and greenery, which frame their outlook onto, um, and obviously it's like a, um, you know, it's a high rise building. So as they're looking out onto, you know, onto the sky or wherever it is, they've got like tree, little, little plants around them. Um, and of course, the air quality um, is fantastic. There's a water feed, you know, it's big load, there's a load of water that's outside. So obviously the air that filters into the space and around it is really, is, you know, is help, is, um, is, is, is clear, is, is more purified, as it were. Um, but then just, it's, just, it's, beautiful. it's just beautiful to look. There's a smell from scented plants. You've got the sound of falling water as well. Um, and of course, you have the visual access to greenery and water. Uh, it's like a sort of rainforest like and there's, there's obviously biodiversity as well there's plants and birds and butterflies and insects and things so um and then because it encourages that community what was i talking about the sociability this kind of social aspect of biophilic design of biophilia this connection to life um by creating these community spaces these public spaces these little, like mini parks for people to come to um yeah it's just uh it was cpg consultants um who created it um, and it's just really, it just sort of helps medical staff and recovery of patients. And it's just like, yeah, um, 
if I if ever I well if ever I get sick I, I want to be there <laughs> I want to be in that hospital I definitely don't want to be in one in the UK <laughs> oh, so yeah um that sounds absolutely delightful um I, I wanted to ask you, you said um, a word back in when you were talking about the previous project that I think it, well, you, you said there's a trend of, of, you know, do, doing this a particular way. Um, what would you say to people that maybe think that biophilic design is itself a trend, like that we're going to, mm. you know, this will be uh, yesterday's sort of news at some point mm. in the future? I, th- I think, um I think that I mean whether it will be, um, I don't know, but I think right at the moment it's it's kind of um, it's it's a it's joining up. So biophilic design is really joining up all the different elements. It's joining up, you know, sustainable design. It's um, eco eco building, um, um, vernacular building, um, well being, health and well being, mental health design. It's really, um, it's joining all those things up. So as like an overarching, I suppose it's like the, I don't know, it's like the the granddaddy <laughs> of, of all the other trends, if, if you want, or all the other labels. Um, and I suppose biophilic design, because there's, using that term, there's so much evidence that's kind of, um, being assigned to it and to the term, it's really useful for other design practices to kind of say, well, look, this is actually part of of biophilic design. It's actually this inherent need for us to be connected to nature. It's like everything, we're all doing the same thing. We're all creating spaces and places for people and planet. And uh, biophilic design is really just the overarching term for all of that. Um, whether whether it will come and go, um, who knows? I I think the fact that it's being embraced more on um, design courses, you know, university courses, it's actually becoming, it's actually in policy in the government now. Um, there's more lobbyists um, using the term biophilic design. I suppose it's kind of like using a, I don't know, a joined up term for something. Um that 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 marries everything together, if you know what I mean, and I, I it's not it's not like us and them, it's not you and me, it's it's actually um, it's actually the whole thing. It's like an ecosystem in itself. That um, sort of biophilic design sits, you know, the, the just it's just a word, it's just the term, really, and everything else cascades kind of below it if you know what I mean and, and sort of feeds into it when I say below it I don't mean that in like it's under it I mean it's it's like boy it's it, it's like it's um it's like the roots of biophilic design so it's just like that's the term but everything that everybody else is doing in sustainability and well-being design and everything else all feeds in to yeah I suppose it's like a tree this is now getting really conceptual, but like biophilic design is like the tree and and all the design practices are like the mycelium, which are like doing all this amazing, brilliant stuff. Um, but biophilic design is like a term that, um, I don't know, that kind of, it's like an overarching term that like bean counters and um, government and, and businesses and, and everybody can kind of get and understand. Um, 
I don't I don't think it's going to go. I hope it isn't going to go. Um, if it does, I hope it's replaced with something equally amazing. And maybe, maybe ultimately the dream would be that we don't need these terms. We don't need sustainable building. We don't need eco building. We don't need biophilic design. It just is. We just design how we're supposed to design. And that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that would be the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Yeah. We'll just call it building, call it yeah, designing. Exactly. And because we're building better. We're just building the way we should be bloody building in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. There's a dream. There's a dream. We don't need the terms yes. at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Make us redundant. <laughs> well, yeah, because we'd be doing it, but we won't be redundant. Really, we'll be flourishing because they'll need us because <laughs> we'll, we're the ones who know what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. That's true. So I wanted to finish. Um, we've obviously mentioned the the journal quite a lot. Um, I wanted to talk about the journal. Um, I mean, it's fantastic. It's so chocked full of, you know, all of the different avenues. Um, I particularly like the the sort of research backed mm-hmm. section because um, I think that's for me that's really sort of what makes biophilic design stand out is that it is mm-hmm. it is backed up. Um, with yeah. science um, but um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe some of the topics that you've covered and and some that you're going to in yeah. the future um, so every issue has a different theme um, we've had healthcare workplace home cities creativity blue mind uh, the next one coming out is education and then there's well-being and neurodiversity and environment and everything else but um, that's at the front of each issue and then as you said um jeffrey and thanks for those nice words but there's the science behind biophilic design um, and as i mentioned um dr sally augustine is our science editor so um she kind of trawls and writes about biophilia and there's loads of evidence and there's other um psychologists or scientists or researchers um that write about why we need it um from you know an acoustic point of view and everything else then there's um a section on um well-being as well um so that talks about um why we need nature for our mental health um as well as like you know as i said neurodiversity and um air quality all different aspects actually of why biophilic design is really good for us um about that innate connection we also talk a bit about naturopathy so about how plants can help us heal so it's really like that and just really, really, really drilling down into that innate connection that we have with nature and that we've always had with nature that we've forgotten about. I'm just the, the whole point of putting it in is really just to um, resurrect that interest and resurrect that sort of, oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Um, even had a a, um, a doctor from Harley Street who wrote about that connection and why we need that connection to nature. There's also a section on plants, as you'd expect. Um, but we have people like Plants at Work who write for us each month and to, and, and celebrate one particular plant and how not to kill it. Um, but then there's a, there's um, examples as well of like case studies of how it's been used in, in like whether it's healthcare or or whatever the different um, situation is, what a different um, theme of the journal is. There's also the environment, um, people and planet section um, where we talk about things like actually like like for instance in the healthcare one we talk about the NHS forest which is a project or a program that the NHS uh, work with uh, these um, sort of uh, groups that build, you know, plant forests near um, and trees near um, the uh, hospitals. So it's a community thing, 
but it also means that people on their work on their walk to the or to the or in their journey to the hospital have have a better space and place to to kind of experience um uh, right to roam that kind of thing why we need to have access to to land why why it's important to us and you know there's also political elements in there i'm not I'm not going to lie we do have um a a diplomat that writes for us there in each issue as well he's a is leading environmentalist alexander Fabek. um he's uh he always writes something about um the state of the nation as it were state of the world um and then there's always a, a section at the end because i think it's really important about biophilic cities why we design cities for the health of of people as well as the planet um you know green space tiny forests that kind of stuff um I did want to mention one one thing that's really good is the Miyawaki method. So if people are thinking about building a little forest or something in a, or they've got a little area, you can put a, a mini forest. And it's Miyawaki was a Japanese designer, or was a landscape um, guy, but he studied. He said, "Well, hang on a minute, why are we planting trees like spaced out like this?" And his um, method is actually looking at how nature. How nature designs forests, which is how does nature design forests? Well, they have like seeds everywhere and it's and it's really dense planting. And then it's not like survival of the fittest, but it means that they grow and they nurture each other so that they need less water. So it's sustainable. Um, stuff like that we feature in the journal. So it's to inspire people as well as to connect people. So anyone who's doing good, um, we're always open to ideas and suggestions. If people's got a great, if someone's got a bit good, a great project or have a design method that um, fits the biophilic thing, um, is green, is na- natural and connects us to nature in some way, then I'm always open for that too. But um, yeah, so the ones coming up, um, as I said, it's one on education. Uh, some really great examples in there about how um, designing schools um, with like places for kids to play outside and then to encourage them to to create outdoor classrooms so that people are outside having their lessons as well and you know even if it's raining you create like spaces for them to be so that they're sheltered it's like it's phenomenal it gives these kids like we know that it improves their scores um having wood desks makes them add up better than than having plastic desks stuff like that you know like come on people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I'm doing and then we got the co- we've got the conference um first week of November 2024 as well so um we're pulling everybody together um you know as I said it's not us and them it's um it's um it's um it's everybody um it's one big one big family of people doing good so um so Jeffrey um you're coming <laughs> And you're going to speak. I've decided. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you try and keep me away. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you were saying about the the education. Uh, like we're we're just starting a craft school here in the woods, and oh, we've amazing. been talking about you know how we we've been talking about it in a sort of marketing way actually. But you know how do we uh, tell people about these courses and and sort of sell all of the benefits that they're really getting because you know they might be coming to carve a spoon or you know do do something you know physical and hands-on but they're also spending time in the woods and you know the Mm. bird song and the leaves in the trees uh, you know rustling in the trees and you know there's this whole extra layer of, of of thing they're getting from it that actually um it's quite easy to forget and just be quite mechanical and say, you know, you'll chop a bit of wood up. Yeah. Yeah. 
is 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 it yeah so you're really you want to you're you're um you're getting more kids to come along is it for adults as well because it's the carving a spoon would be something i'd like to do <laughs> predominantly predominantly adults actually there's a going oh, to be yay. in the future a, a sort of forest school element to it uh predict pre- particularly where we want to get to is actually providing a space for uh, the kind of kids on their last chance from school, you know, kind of, um, yeah. you know, the, the sort of air, air quotes, unruly ones, but the ones who really mm. just don't thrive in that pretty stuffy, horrible classroom session uh, setting. Mm. So, um, yeah, give them all of the benefits of of the outside and running around with a stick and feeling feeling all of those benefits yeah absolutely i love doing that i love that i love being outside and doing something you know whether it's you know foraging which i don't do very well but um <laughs> so i don't eat anything i've, I've collected just in case <laughs> um but making stuff outside you know collecting leaves and tying them to a, a thing that creates a mobile and, and just stuff it's just lovely to be outside and touching nature and touching the this beautiful planet that we share you know we we're sharing our lives with um i think it's a beautiful thing do you want to do you want to tell us a little bit about the the podcast as well or i guess sort of wanted to finish with um just you know where can people find more yeah. so books podcasts websites um you know okay lovely thanks yeah thanks so um if people want to find out a little bit more um they can go to the journal of biophilic design.com you can also find us on Spotify, Audible, YouTube, um, all the all the things, Stitcher and every, all the other ones, um, iTunes, Google, Google this, that and the other. <laughs> um, but um, if you go to our website, there's loads of resources on there. As I said, there's also an iJournal where you can create your own uh, research journal uh, on the Space Doctors. It's a kind of our sister company. So you go to the, um, the science behind biophilic design on the top tab of our website um, and then you can just put your you know, whatever you're trying to search in there, like, you know, put, as I said, like curves and it will create your own um, research journal as a result of that. Um, but then there's the conference as well. Um, so there's, um, please sign up for for notifications. It's going to be first, first week of November, 2024. Um, it'll be in London, the first one. Um, and there's lots of people come, British Institute of Interior Designers and Wildlife Trust and the NHS and, and, um, yeah, just some people doing amazing, amazing stuff. So it's kind of bridging uh, research and best practice. So um, again, so we're not siloed. So we're all together. We can all be in the room together. Um, hoping to get some MPs in there as well, which would be quite an interesting one. Um, <laughs> um, and then obviously the journal, the journal itself, um, you can buy on on Amazon, but don't buy it on there because it does cost a fortune because that's how much it costs to print, unfortunately, with them. But you can buy it on our website, the journal of biofilmdesign.com. Um, go to the journal of biofilmdesign tab um, or our shop tab and um, you can buy a hard copy, which is beautiful. It's all eco-friendly and, and um, natural inks and, and stuff. And it's really big. It's about a centimetre thick because <laughs> it's hard to see it online. Um, it's beautiful. Or you can buy um, just a, just an ebook uh version it's on kindle as well um so if it's on there you can get it with your kindle subscription so yeah and thank you so much jeffrey thanks for your support and thanks for inviting me on i really really appreciate it and i you know i value everything that you're doing and the inspiration that you're you're giving people with your podcast and and also the work you're doing too so so brilliant so hats off to you oh well very much right back at you 
I've previously been reading the uh, the online, uh, not the online, the the PDF edition of the the journal, and I've just decided mm. I'm going to buy a whole load of the the printed ones and have them on my <laughs> coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. They are lovely. They are lovely. They're they're a biophilic. I done it deliberately, so it's a biophilic experience with all leaves and trees and things on the edge of pages, so people are touching touching the plants and I've had the feedback where people have said well I only normally read like 10 20 pages if you're lucky but I've read 80 pages you know outright so um yeah there's about 230 pages in nearly every issue so there's quite a lot there <laughs> Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, Vanessa, for talking to me. I've genuinely not felt this connected and part of something really big and important uh, for a long time. I've been feeling actually quite quite outside of all of that. Um, so it's really fantastic to speak to someone like Vanessa uh, who is gathering in, in all these people and, and kind of giving them a, a home and a focus. I'm such a big fan of what she's doing on all fronts um and i urge you to uh, to get involved and yeah read the read the journal listen to the podcast go to the conference you might even see me there yeah such good things so this episode uh i have put some links uh, we start with bjorn Bayer. i knew i recognized that name uh it's bare natural building um he is to come along to the bristol spoon club um hello bjorn i hope you're listening sorry i didn't recognize your name necessarily at first a link to the space doctors to mycelium panels there's a link to zoom regenerative which is a lovely gathering of of minds green gauge environmental consultants the green building challenge we've talked about that on this podcast maybe have a search on the website if you want to see that there is links to example projects that were discussed the outside in project goodness me you've got to go look at that that is so gorgeous yeah such a delightful uh, space definitely look at that and then the kutek hospital yeah links to that as well daniel bell living wall link to his website the nhs forest uh, the right to Rome campaign uh, i've also put a link to the podcast with nick hayes that we did for this podcast um way back when the right to Rome project was was maybe not even started yet and there's also a link to the myawaki forests so that is it from me uh if you have enjoyed this podcast then please do subscribe head back through 
listen to all the episodes, let me know what you think. If you really like it, then support the podcast uh, through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash building sustainability. That would be really appreciated. It does take quite a long time and quite a lot of effort to make this podcast and has not inconsiderable running costs. So yeah, your support would be really, really appreciated. And if you go for the, uh, the higher level, I will carve you a spoon. I think that's it. Oh yes, share the episode. I nearly always forget that. Um, if you've got this far, then you are clearly part of the A-team. Really cement your place. That's a terrible term. Really secure your place in the A-team by uh, sharing this to all your friends. Uh, tag me in it on either Jeffrey the Natural Builder or Building Sustainability Podcast. And uh, it will make me really happy. <laughs> Okay, everybody, until next time, all the best. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.